Guys, welcome to a brand new episode of Hellmouth Hotline. I'm your host, Rodney Stewart, and we're at it fairly late this evening. Um, usually I like to get these uploaded for 9pm GMT, but uh, yes, I'm trying my best to get my ass back in shape these days, so I'm training three nights a week with a personal trainer, which gets me off to a late start. And uh, I really should have watched this movie yesterday so I could get at it tonight and get it uploaded on time. But uh, I did promise I was going to get it. new episodes out on uh, a daily basis if possible. And I'm going to try and stick to that. So we're getting into a little chat about A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, Dream Warriors. Alright legends, so uh, as I said in the last review of A Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Part 2, Freddy's Revenge, I kind of felt that that was a little bit out of place in the movies for some weird reason, like it's, it's a slasher movie, it's a Freddy Krueger movie, it is what it is, but uh, I don't know, it's just never I watch these movies back to back, just, I don't know, there's just something about it, it's kind of out of place, but uh, this one here, I have to say, Dream Warriors, I have got a soft spot for this film. I really did enjoy this one. I enjoy it every time I watch it, but this one uh, in particular, and the run of Freddy Krueger movies, is probably, you know, the first one is iconic. It's great. Again, the second one is a little bit, eh, you know. Uh, but the third one, I think, came out swinging. And you start to get the... The version of Freddy that started becoming a superstar whenever we got the third movie. It was just like the the films became weirdly less and less about the victims in the movie. But it was more uh, a Freddy movie than anything else. He became a, a horror legend superstar. It was just such a weird, weird way for this thing to go. Um, you know all these movies back in the 80s? You know, Halloween and then... Friday the 13th, you've got your your main villain, and uh, I don't know, they just became celebrities at a time, it's such a weird thing to say that, whenever you think about this character of Freddy Krueger, is, uh, when he was alive he was a child killer, and when he got killed he became this mad demon that stalked children in their sleep, such a weird thing to be saying that this uh, character became a celebrity but uh, of course part 3, it's the third part in the franchise of course, it's kind of stupid to say that uh, it was directed by Chuck Russell and the story story was developed by Wes Craven of course along with Bruce Wagner and uh, it stars Heller Langenkamp who's back uh, from the first movie, uh, you know, whenever I watched these again, I was I didn't expect her to turn up. Like I knew at some point she was in the movies again, but uh, I just uh, kind of took me by surprise and the first time I watched this film to see Nancy Thompson back. But it makes perfect perfect sense for the story that they're telling. This movie uh, was released. February 27th, 1987, so, you know, this is definitely one that I remember being in the video store 
when me and my father would go across, we had a thing every Saturday, we'd go and rented a few movies. Back in 87, I was, oh, gosh, <laughs> I was born in 78, so in 87, I wasn't that old. Um, so I always remember the posters for this movie in particular, but up in the, the video store, and you, you were always fairly interested in checking these movies out, but you weren't allowed to, because uh, you just weren't old enough for that stuff. Um, how much did this movie make? It made, domestically, when it came out, it made $44.8 million. Uh, on a budget of just over $4 million, which is kicks ass do you know what I mean that's like 44.8 million these days and if you hear about a movie been released and making that domestically that's not much these days uh, you know the budget for films is insanely huge uh, 4 million dollar budget these days would be probably classed as a, an extremely low budget movie I suppose even back then it was uh, fairly low budget, but uh, what they do in this film is f- flipping amazing for a budget of only $4 million. It received mostly positive reviews from critics, as, as and is considered by many to be one of the best films in the Elm Street series. I would highly agree with that there. The third one, at this point, um, it has been probably... 10, maybe 11 years since I actually watched these movies back to back properly, but you know, the third one always stands out to me um, let me see, let's get on to the, the meat and potatoes of the storyline uh, it's 1987, a year after the events of the previous film teenager Kristen Parker dreams Freddy Krueger is chasing her he attacks her in a bathroom after she thinks she's already awake um, that's something they successfully pulled off in this movie as well it was the same in A Nightmare on Elm Street and in Freddy's Revenge they kind of blended the lines between the the dream world and the real world very very well and they got off the fantastic start in this one um, basically Freddy attacks her uh, I'm not going to get into major detail on how he does it, but uh, in the dream, he slashes Kristen, but when she wakes up and is found by her mother, she is actually, her wrist has been cut, and she's actually in her other hand, she's holding a razor blade. So, Freddy is killing kids in this movie and setting them up to look like suicide attempts essentially uh, believing Kristen to be suicidal her mother admits her to Weston Hills Psychiatric Psychiatric Hospital Psychiatric there's a new word for you uh, she's admitted to the Psychiatric Hospital where she Psychiatric I can't say that word wrong so many times let's try it once more shall we her mother admits her to Weston Hills Psychiatric Hospital. Got it right that time. Happy days. She's placed under the care of Dr. Neil Gordon. 
At the hospital, Kristen fights the orderlies who try to sedate her because she fears falling asleep, along with all the other kids that are in this hospital. They're all uh, basically dreaming of Freddy Krueger and he's out to get them, but they don't, they haven't made the connection properly yet. The new intern therapist, Nancy Thompson, turns up. She hears Kristen over the little rhyme, you know, one, two, Freddy's coming for you, you know, three, four, you better lock your door, and, you know, when she gets to the last line of the rhyme, which never sleep again, she can't get it out, she's that wound up, Nancy walks in, she says, never sleep again, so she instantly makes the connection with Kristen, and Kristen knows Nancy can be here to help her. She befriends her. Uh, Nancy is introduced to the rest of Dr. Gordon's patients. Philip, a habitual sleepwalker, Kincaid, a tough kid from the streets who is prone to violence, Jennifer, a hopeful television actress prone to cigarette burns. She burns herself with cigarettes to keep herself awake. Uh, Will, who uses a wheelchair due to prior suicidal attempt. Uh, Taryn, a recovering drug addict, and Joey, the youngest, who is too traumatised to speak. Uh, he's completely mute in the movie. Uh, one night, Freddy attacks Kristen in her dreams, but she unwittingly pulls Nancy into her dream, allowing them to escape. That was an interesting little sequence right there. This, of course, Nancy, coming from the first film, has a a history with Freddy Krueger, she knows what she's dealing with, and this girl has, from her childhood, if she had any nightmares, she had this ability to actually, and she says she used to bring her father into her dreams to protect her if she was having a bad dream, and you know, the next day, her father would tell her about the dream, thinking that it was his, but it was actually her dream, and she brought him into it. so that's an interesting thing. Um, over the next two nights, Freddy throws Philip off a roof and kills Jennifer by smashing her head onto a television. Now, the the death of Philip, again, has made it look like a suicide attempt, a successful attempt. He actually does die. Um, he creates these puppets, uh, you know, like the, the string puppets, and uh, Freddy appears in the dream and he slashes uh, both of Philip's arms and both of his legs and he actually rips the veins and everything out of his arms and legs and actually st- walks him to the top of the building like a, a puppet and uh, you know before he falls to his death you know the rest of the kids wake up they're alerted to what's happening and they're all freaking out screaming at him to uh, wake up, wake up, but it, you know, looking up at him, he's wide awake, and you see this huge, inside the dream, of course, there's this giant version of Freddy Krueger standing over the top of the building, and the the veins and coming from Phillips, arms and legs attached to Freddy's fingers, and of course he uses his, his, his blade to cut the strings, and the guy falls, to his death. Um, the girl Jennifer was smashing her head into the TV. She's into acting 
of course she born on herself was like rest to stay awake um freddy actually appears on the tv screen um then you know it goes to static and when she goes to the television and the television room of this uh hospital uh, these two robotic arms come out there side of the tv and lift her up um freddy's head comes up out of the top of it and this is pretty much the the first of uh freddy's real one-liners and the the dark wit humor coming from freddy krueger and you know this is prime time bitch before he slams her head onto the tv and kills her um the movie goes to those places quite a bit in this movie uh they knew that they were on to something with freddy krueger and the the celebrity status that this killer was getting in cinema and they began milking it in this movie and you know they kept going over the next two or three movies um where are we at i every time i'm recording a podcast i lose my place and my notes i am an idiot um okay in the next group session nancy reveals to the remaining patients that they are the last of the elm street kids the surviving children of those who banded together and burned freddy krueger to death many years ago both nancy and neil encourage them to try group hypnosis so that they can experience a shared dream and discover their dream powers. And this is where the dream warriors are going to be coming from. In the dream, Joey wanders off and is captured by Freddy. He, Joey has this crush on one of the, the female nurses in the hospital. And Freddy uses that to his advantage to get him into a room on his own in the dream world. And... As the the nurse, he lets Joey strap her slash him <laughs> down to the her underwear. She's absolutely stunning, and uh, yes, she ends up tying Joey to the bed. You know, arms and feet tied to the bed with uh, this tongue that shoots out of her mouth. So four different tongues two arms, two legs, tied to the bed and then of course reveals to be Freddy and uh, Freddy using his powers of the the nightmare uh, the bed drops from below the kid and he's suspended above the, the mouth to hell essentially you just see this big gaping hole below him and fire way off in the, the distance below him um of course, the rest of the kids, uh, the, the hypnosis session works. All the kids, plus Nancy and Neil, uh, they're in the dream world. Uh, Nancy and Neil are relieved off duty when, uh, you know, one of the other doctors in the hospital comes in during this and wakes them, essentially, which is pretty lucky for them all because at this point in the movie like freddy has them in the back foot they could have quite easily taken everybody out at this point but uh joey is in a, a deep coma the rest of the kids along with nancy and neil 
are woken up. Uh, the head of the hospital isn't happy about what's going on here. Um, Nancy and Neil, they're relieved of duty, told to get out. Uh, a nun who has randomly appearing throughout the movie turns up uh, sister Mary Helena and she tells Neil that Freddie is the son of a young woman on the hospital who's on the hospital staff who was accidentally locked in a room with hundreds of mental patients who ripped her continually and that the only way to stop Freddie Krueger is to lay his bones to rest um, he and Nancy ask her father Donald Thompson where the bones are hidden but he's uncorroborative he's you know after the events of A Nightmare on Elm Street and you know seeing what happened to his daughter and the death of his wife he has just you know the relationship between him and Nancy has broken down and you know he just it's pretty much when you find him in this movie he's pretty much drinking to forget everything uh they get a call, uh, you know, he, he pretty much refuses flat out, but uh, he tells Nancy, you know, don't stay away so long the next time. Uh, they get a call from the hospital, uh, Nancy rushes back when she learns that Kristen has been sedated, uh, when Kristen found out that uh, Nancy was uh, fired and kicked out of the building, uh, she went off and won and uh, they sedated her, put her into the quiet room. Uh, Neil, he stays behind to convince Donald to help him. Uh, Nancy and the others again engage in a group hypnosis session to reunite with Kristen and Dreamworld, but they're all separated by Freddy. Uh, Taryn and Will are killed by Freddy. Uh, you know, fairly quickly. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's been packed into this movie it's uh, the movie is only 96 minutes long but the story that they're telling on here you know you could quite easily this movie could have quite easily been 2 hours plus it really could have been there's a lot of stuff in there that they could have spent a little bit more time on it's not that the film is bad or suffers because of its length but there's just you know it's it's very much packed in there. Uh, so, uh, Taryn and Will pretty much meet up with Freddy. And they, in the dream world, they have different abilities, you know. Uh, different things that they are good at, what they want to be good at. Uh, Kristen is like, uh, she's like an Olympic person who can do all these crazy moves and maneuvers and she's like you know you know gold medal standard uh that comes into a fight with freddy later in the movie but uh where are we at <laughs> Taryn is the one that's a recovering drug addict um in the dream world she sees herself as like a a punk rock chick with uh, two switchblades and you know she's fully confident in herself and she's she's bad to the bone essentially so whenever her and Freddy meet up together she actually you know fights him 
gets a shot on him on. But uh, Freddy, instead of having the one hand with the the razor sharp blades on it, he lifts both of his hands at one point, and you know, the four fingers in one hand, the four fingers in the other hand, they're all needles, and he's like, you know, using her own weakness against her. And when she looks down at her, her arms, are they? She's got scars on both arms from all the drugs that she's injected over the years. And you see them, they're like little mouths that are like, you know, like getting ready. You know, it's just like the, you know, we want the drugs, we want the drugs sort of deal. And Freddy pumps her full of drugs, kills her, essentially. Gives her an OD in the dream. Of course, you, you die in the dream. In a Freddy Krueger movie, you die in the real world. Um, the other guy, uh, I thought that I I enjoyed Will because Will's seen himself. He's like uh, he's in a wheelchair, but in the the dream world, he can stand up, he can walk, he can do everything that he can't do in the real world. But he sees himself as uh, like. At one point earlier in the movie, they're playing a game of Dungeons and Dragons, and he sees himself like a wizard, and that's what he appears as. That's his, his powers to fight Freddy with in the dream world. And if you're going to compare this character to anybody, if you actually ever seen the the eighties cartoon Dungeons and Dragons, there's a guy in it that uh, you know he's basically the little wizard in it, and this guy. And that cartoon character sounds so much alike. And I actually took a little look there to see who the actor was that played Will in the movie. And I thought to myself, okay, did this guy actually voice the character from Dungeons and Dragons? Because they sound so much alike. It's freaky. But uh, as far as I can tell, just a quick Google search on, you know, what I could get on... Uh, Dream Warriors plus Dungeons and Dragons, then whatever was an AMDB, uh, it seems to be two different actors, but the similarities are absolutely striking. So check out this movie, and jump back and check out the cartoon Dungeons and Dragons from the eighties. That's a good watch too. But the this kid in this movie, literally, is just the 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 live action version of this cartoon character. But, uh, you know, he fights Freddy with his magical powers, and Freddy quite quickly takes him out by ripping his heart out of his chest, which you didn't see that much of, but, you know, you're led to believe that's how he killed him, so those two are dead. Um, anyway, uh, Nancy and Kincaid find one another. The trio rescue Joey, uh, along with, uh, where are we? Did I miss something there? Okay, Nancy, she, in the dream world, Nancy finds Kristen, and then Kincaid find the both of them. The trio rescue Joey, but are unable to defeat Freddy because he has become too powerful due to the souls he's been absorbing. Um, he pulls back his jumper in this movie, and uh, you see all these little faces of children across his chest and his stomach and they're all screaming and uh you know he's just like you know 
the the power I'm getting from the souls of the children are making me basically unstoppable. Uh, but sensing that his remains have been found in the real world, uh, Donald, Nancy's father, and uh, the other guy, <laughs> what's his face? Um, gosh. Why have I forgotten his name? I have completely blanked on it. Neil. Alright. In the real world. Donald. Nancy's father. And Neil. The doctor. They have found. Freddy Krueger's bones. And. Uh, Freddy. Uh, appropriates his own skeleton. <laughs> you know. They're about to. Bury. Freddy Krueger's remains. In the ground. There's. A bottle of holy water with them, and a cross. And uh, you know, once this happens, uh, Freddy's soul will be put to rest, and he'll be no longer causing any trouble for anybody. And once a dream rod Freddy realizes what's going on, he pops into the real world possessing his own skeleton. Which, whenever I think about it that way, a Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two isn't that far out of touch or out of place from the series because he possessed the kid in the second movie and now he's possessing his own bones in this third movie um it's those visual effects are fairly well I was going to say fairly dated they're extremely dated by today's standards it's a, it's a stop motion skeleton fighting these two guys in a junkyard and uh you know they the blending of it and the backgrounds and you know everything that's going on the interactions the skeletons having with these two guys during the fight is you know it's it's sketchy enough for 87 this came out yeah for 1987 that's fairly fairly sketchy but four million dollar budget what can you do you guys it's not like these days where you can do just about anything with an iphone you know it's it was was not easy to do these effects back in the day. Uh, anyway, uh, Freddy kills Donald and uh, knocks out the other guy whose name I've forgotten again. Neil. He knocks out Neil, throws him into the the hole in the ground that they have dug for his grave, and Freddy then returns to attack the others and dream world again uh, this there's a wonderful sequence whenever he reappears with, with these guys uh, they're in a, like a hallway and the door closes behind them and the door has a mirror on it and freddy appears and he's like no sorry to keep you so long too bad there wasn't more of me to uh help me sort of things so, like there's all these mirrors lined the whole way down this hallway and uh all these different versions of Freddy start reaching out and trying to pull the kids in through the mirrors and they're successfully doing it but uh, Joey who has been rescued at this point and up to this stage he has been so traumatised by everything that he's been through he can't speak uh, he uses his dream power voice he screams no 
to repel Freddy Krueger and breaks all the mirrors and all the kids fall into the hallway again and Nancy uh, mistakenly thinks that that's it Freddy has been beaten so uh, we think uh, we're at the end far from it that's the the old uh, bait and switch right here Donald Nancy's father appears to her like in a vision from heaven sort of a thing and he tells her that he's crossed over and he says he couldn't leave the mortal coil to go to his reward without apologising to Nancy and telling her that she loves him and of course Nancy rushes on I love you too daddy sort of a thing and the two of them hug each other but Donald is revealed to be Freddy and stabs her in the chest with the the glove Uh, Nancy pushes him away before he can kill her properly Uh, Freddy slaps Nancy who falls to the ground Uh, believing Nancy's dead he comes upon Kristen in order to kill her but is still alive Nancy reaches up and grabs Freddy's own hand and stabs him with his own glove Uh, in the real world Neil manages to recover from the the beaten Freddy given and drops Freddy's bones into the grave and uh, purifies them with the the holy water and as he's splashing it down on the skeleton we're cutting between that and the dream world and you see Freddy and all these pieces of light start appearing all over him the water's actually hitting the skeleton in the real world and then in the real world Neil puts the cross down under the grave puts it onto the the head of the skeleton or the skull of the skeleton and cut back to the dream world you see this cross appearing on Freddy's forehead and he explodes and a burst of light being defeated in the movie um Nancy dies in Kristen's arms. Uh, Kristen manages to awaken everyone, return them to the real world. Uh, during the patient's funeral, Neil finds, well, he looks across this graveyard. Nancy's getting buried at the end of the movie, uh, our original hero from the first movie. Uh, we lose her at the end of this one. Uh, the doctor, Neil, is lined up with all these other people paying their respects and he looks over and he sees this strange nun that appeared earlier on and uh, she walks behind this gravestone and he runs across the graveyard to go find her and uh, he walks around the corner to where she went and he finds Amanda Kruger's tombstone and discovers that she is sister Mary Helena so this random nun that appeared throughout the movie trying to help him defeat Freddy turns out this was actually her mother and she was actually a ghost so uh, there's a nice as far as storytelling goes it's a tasty little film I enjoyed it it does have its fair amount of cheese in it that evening Neil's in his bedroom he's ghost asleep uh there's a little Malaysian doll that Nancy gave him. 
that's meant to bring about good dreams. Uh, Kristen, at the beginning of the movie, was making a paper mache house, which she was dreaming about, which is the the house that Nancy grew up in in the first Nightmare on Elm Street. So you know, even though this this movie doesn't happen or be based anywhere near Elm Street, there is this connection. We still go back to this house from the first movie. So uh, you know, it's, it all matches nicely together. So the camera pans across the bedroom. Neil's in his bed sleeping. You see this little doll that Nancy gave him, and the little house that Kristen had made, and the the window upstairs in the house uh, lights up like a little light, like a little bedroom light from the inside, suggesting that Freddy Krueger is not completely defeated. We didn't see that coming, did we, guys? This movie is actually great you know after i record after i record this podcast i'm now i'm happy for you doing it after i edit this podcast and put it up there's part of me now i have to get up at flipping stupid o'clock in the morning go to work i have to be up at like uh, shortly after 4 a.m i normally have my alarm set to get up for work and it's now 10.28pm the night before. I haven't even started editing this thing yet. But, uh, yes, part of me just wants to say, oh, screw you work tomorrow. I'm going to sit and watch this movie again because I just enjoyed it that much. It's great. If you've never seen the Freddy Krueger movies, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, definitely check them out. You know, it's... You know, for me, I don't know if there's any middle ground with them really you know, you, I think that you're either going to love these movies or absolutely hate them I have fun with them it's just and again it's a weird thing to think of the, the character of Freddy Krueger as a celebrity you know, because of what the character is who he is what he does it's insane that the, the character actually ended up with such a celebrity status and they actually played under that there and uh was it west craven's new nightmare i think it's i recall seeing that once but when i say seeing it once i was actually at a friend's house and we were watching it but you know there's a lot of chit chat and a few beers in the go so you know there's there's parts of it that you know, I can't really remember, but I, I do believe if memory serves properly, there's it's connected to the real world, and you know they fully play into the thing that the the Nightmare on Elm Street movies were a movie series, and I think that you know Robert England turns up as Freddy Krueger getting interviewed in the real world, and then you've got uh, Nancy. Thompson getting interviewed in the real world but it's not Nancy Thompson it's Heller Langenkamp you know she's playing herself and you know you know they fully play into the the fact that it was a movie and like Freddy's on stage and he's in the get up the the burn skin the hat the jumper the glove and you know he's you know arms in the air taking in the applause of the audience sort of thing so I kind of hope that that is in that movie, 
because if it's not, I have just talked an absolute load of bollocks about something that didn't happen. But I'm pretty sure that it did. Anyway, um, yes, I'm going to get off here because that's that's stupidly late. I need to get this here out. So, guys, hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please do all the good stuff. That give me a little written review, share it along, all that good stuff. I love you forever. Uh, stay safe, and I'll talk to you in the next episode. This has been a production of Coins Edge Media. Thank you so much for listening.